Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, I'm here with Christoph, the designer of some pretty cool HDMI stuff up on GitHub. How you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you. So uh, I've been following your work for over a year now, uh, and I'm really glad I get to talk to you because I have a, a whole bunch of questions. But uh, for maybe people that listen to the podcast but don't quite remember, um, would you mind giving just a short introduction and tell some of the projects that you've been working on? Okay, I'm... Uh, I'm currently working uh, on the DC HDMI project. Um, it's a full digital-to-digital -digital solution for um, video and audio on the Dreamcast um, with um, zero lag. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and um, yes, I'm, um, I'm really um, kind of new to the retro scene. I started two years ago and um, this is my first project. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, I'm not sure if you could hear the sirens in the background, but I live in the middle of Manhattan, so if I go, I might mute between uh, talking, just so you okay. and everybody listening doesn't get deafened by the sirens. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, how did you... I, I have so many questions. I guess just where to start. Um, do you do... Do you do digital video for a living? I mean, how does one just get into playing with Dreamcast signals? Uh, no, I'm a, um, a software developer since uh, 20, for 20 years now. And um, I started getting interested in uh, FPGA stuff. And um, this is basically the, the, the starting point for the project. Um, I, I get into uh, retro gaming. Um, early 2016 and um, did some basic modding, RGB modding, the SNES and and stuff like this. And then I read um, and uh, then I read about uh, the HDMI project, uh, which uh, Ozone I think is his name or Electron mm -hmm. Ash, yeah, Ash is doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, that there was pretty much no progress uh, since. 2015 and um, okay and I get interested in this FPGA stuff and I uh, bought myself uh, some uh, some development kit mm -hmm. and um, yeah this was how it started I soldered some wires onto the uh, video duck and um, started uh, playing around with uh, this thing so uh, you basically bought a developer's kit and then started teaching yourself Verilog and the uh, the FPGA programming uh, setup? Yes, 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 yes. This is exactly right. Um, uh, I found uh, documentation online. I think it's uh, called the Dreamcast Hardware Specification Outline. Mm -hmm. uh, there uh, and uh, and some schematics of the Dreamcast and 
Yes, I hooked up some wires, started learning to get along with Quartus Prime, mm -hmm. uh, the software uh, for the for the Altera now Intel chips, mm -hmm. FPGA chips, and um, yes, it has a, has a very powerful um, uh, logic analyzer type thing built in where you can uh, can um, uh, see all your signals and. Yes, this is how it started. Then I, I, I first uh, implemented um, DVI video, mm -hmm. not HDMI, and um, yes, this worked pretty well. It's uh, about exactly two years ago I had the first working prototype, <laughs> and um, then I, I started getting into HDMI stuff. Um, the uh, the documentation was not. Is, is normally not freely available, but if you dig long enough in the internet, yeah, <laughs> you find you find you find the documentation. And I did uh, the first prototype has a comp the the, um, the implementation was completely done inside the FPGA, the whole HDMI thing. Oh wow! Um, yes. Do you know what now, FPGA kit you purchased? Do you remember which one? Yes, it's uh, the uh, DE Zero Nano kit. I think, but uh, uh, if you if you want to start now, I I um, would recommend the DE10 Nano, as it has uh, the um, HDMI transmitter on board, mm -hmm. so you can. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely where I was getting at with that. Is uh, a lot of people <laughs> want to start working into FPGA, but wouldn't really know a first step. So if you have the, you know, yes. you just recommended that one. That's the one to use. Yes, this is uh, this is the kit I. D10 recommend Nano. now D10 Nano. It's about, uh, I think... Hmm? I'm going to write that down. Sorry? <laughs> okay. I think it's about uh, $130. Oh, well, that's actually pretty reasonable. Yes, and it has a very powerful Cyclone 5 uh, FPGA. Uh, the part alone bought in uh, small quantities is uh, worth more than the whole kit. I think it's aimed uh, at the educational market. Um, when I just spoke to Kevtris, he used the analogy, I hope I'm remembering it right, but when you program FPGA, it's more like uh, writing out a schematic uh, rather than uh, programming a language. As a software programmer, do you have any insight into that and any comparisons? Yes, it was uh, um, a little bit hard at the <laughs> beginning <laughs> because I, I thought in a, in a normal programming language, but uh, it's more describing a circuit and uh, I have to uh, it took me a while to fully get into it and understand uh, the differences um, especially because Verilog looks uh, very much like C but mm -hmm. it isn't <laughs> see that for me um, like when I and this is a stupid example but when I first started trying to learn Linux I, I knew DOS so well because you know I was born in 81 my first computer was you know you had to didn't even have a hard drive every time you booted it you had to run DOS commands and I think it would have been easier for me to learn Linux if I had never learned DOS because yes. I kept making the comparisons that didn't exist so yeah, yeah. um you said that uh you said that you started with a DVI kit and moved to HDMI um, your average user would, would think that both of those things are pretty much the same, but from somebody who's designing these things, um, how does HDMI differ from DVI? It's, it's, uh, it's basically, it is DVI, 
but it has um, additional um, informations uh, in the in the blanking area. There are um, there are uh, data islands where additional data is transmitted, okay. such as the audio uh, um, information about the resolution, the the video format, and so on. Uh, this is uh, it's basically put on top of the DVI video. And uh, I'm assuming that anybody programming for HDMI doesn't have to worry about HDCP at all, especially for games, because it's not protected content. Yeah, if you do the the implementation yourself, you do not implement HDCP at all. Because I know it's, some of these protocols, you're required to at least set flags. And that's probably a terrible analogy, by the way. But you have to at least, um, when you're creating things, acknowledge that it's there and set it to on and off. But with uh, HDCP, uh, and I've never done any kind of programming like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, you just wouldn't even have to add it at all. Right? No, no, no. The, um, the, uh, the HDMI transmitter we are using at the moment uh, supports HDCP, but... We do not touch it at all. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so um, I guess can you talk a little bit about the Dreamcast project itself? So you had to, did you have to basically reverse engineer the video chip? Is it all the chips of the Dreamcast? Uh, no, it's basically the, um, the video deck, um, the lines coming from the GPU to the video deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, um, uh, it's documented. In these, uh, in these, uh, in the Dreamcast hardware specification outline, there's uh, a description, a very, very coarse description, how the the video works. It's um, uh, it's uh, double clock, and it's transmitting um, basically uh, red and the first half of green, and then the second half of green and blue in two clock cycles. Huh. With uh, 45 megahertz, uh, so the uh, the actual video clock is 27 megahertz. Do you see? Is that a common thing in video that uh, green is split between two clock cycles? I don't know. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, it's, it seems odd to me. But mm. um, so now this this device does this remove the DAC that's on there, or does this install on top of it? On top of it, it's uh, it's basically basically. Uh, Taking the video signals from the uh, GPU to the DAC, mm-hmm. and um, uh, yes, but leaves everything installed, so uh, analog video continues to work fine. That's excellent. Um, there's a, a lot of people that rely on this for, uh, for things like that for streaming, and it's uh, it's a pretty big deal because especially people that go on the road and, and uh, do any live events, having to carry all of these splitters and cables and hope mm-hmm. that everything still works. I mean, anybody that's ever been in a band knows the fear of let's you know, pray that all of your equipment works when you get there and nothing's bad. So having a, just a Dreamcast with two outputs, it, mm-hmm. it solves a lot of problems for a lot of people. Yes. So. Uh, and the, the audio is, um, there's, a, there's um, the audio deck mm-hmm. on board and there you can get uh, I2S um, audio. So that's a signal. F- full digital to digital audio as well, not an analog yes. to digital mm-hmm. conversion. Yes, that's mm-hmm. really cool. Yes. Excuse me, it's very hot here. <laughs> I need to keep uh, here too. <laughs> oh, really? What uh, yes, what is I, it now? Um, I think in in Fahrenheit it's about ninety five. Okay, 
It's hotter than here, then. I think we're <laughs> late 80s. Um, where, yes. where exactly do you live? Which cities? In uh, Cologne. Oh, okay. Um, yes. Germany is one of the places that I have not made it, made it to yet, but I really mm -hmm. hope to get to soon, maybe this year even. So. Oh, fine. Um, so when you're approaching the, uh, the, the Dreamcast chips, um, was there any weirdness that you had to deal with for the DTV versus um, just uh, Visa standards for the output? Because I know that's yes. something that kind of drove everybody crazy for a while. It just <laughs> never really uh, landed properly. Yes, it's um, the, the Dreamcast uh, basically puts out 480p, which is 720 by 480 pixels, visible pixels, but only uses the uh, uh, 640 uh, horizontal pixels. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is um, that the sync is, is slightly is uh, aligned so that on a on a VGA monitor for example that's no problem the pixel ratio is still one to one mm -hmm. but uh, on for for modern TVs uh, the 720 by 480 is uh, four to five aspect ratio so the pixels are for four to three uh, aspect ratio are eight to nine. <laughs> The pixel ratio, right? And for uh, for widescreen, sixty to nine, uh, picture ra um, image ratio, it's uh, thirty two to twenty seven. I think I'm not, not really sure. Wow, that's that's yes. a noticeable but it's, difference. it's meant it's meant to be one to one, the the pixel ratio. Mm -hmm. So any uh, modern TV will either squash the image or um, stretch it. Yeah, that's uh, and the thing that makes it even crazier is, uh, in, at least in my limited testing, maybe only 10 TVs, each one does that differently. So I had a mm -hmm. Panasonic Plasma that uh, there was definitely a border around the image that shouldn't have been there, but overall it, it actually looked kind of good. And on many other TVs it was all over the place. It was very squished or very yeah. stretched. Or, so uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy to, to, just to try to get that one signal to display correctly. Yeah, if you have a, um, um, a computer mon monitor, for example, you can switch to one-to-one -one mode. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, with a big border uh, around the image, but then the uh, pixel aspect ratio is correct. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with your device, then, um, it'll, it will display correctly in 16 by 9, yes, right? The, um, the 480p, the uh, weird 480p is converted to a real VGA signal. Uh, cool. On the digi digital side, yes, and um, for that we, I had to use um, it's uh, it's um, external PLL that allows for um, yes, it's a bit complicated. Uh, the um, the Dreamcast uses 27 megahertz with this 480p signal, uh, which results in 59.94 hertz. It's not 60, it's mm -hmm. slightly less. And um, you need to get to the VGA signal, you need to divide the clock by 1.001, <laughs> which can't be done in the PLL in the FPGA. So that is done externally to get an accurate clock for the VGA. So are there any side effects of that? Do you see any screen tearing or, um, or anything? Like no, that? no. It's, uh, it's exactly because, uh, because the, uh, the horizontal frequency 
is uh, exactly the same for for ADP and for VGA. So cool. Yes, and that's also the the reason I only need um, one line of buffer. Um, it's basically buffering um, 320 pixels and then starts outputting on the FP uh, on the VGA side, on the HDMI side. So uh, then, the, if that would that mean there's one frame of lag on this if there's a buffer? No, it's it's I would say 300 pixels times 27, uh, oh, 27 okay. megahertz divided by. Uh, by 320 pixels, I think a, a few microseconds. <laughs> Great. So it's not it's not a frame buffer. It's just um, no. It's not not okay. a full frame buffer. It's only uh, one line to get um, to have a, a little bit buffer a little buffer to um, to get the output. That's very cool. It's still kind of even though I mean I'm in this. I've been in this for years now. Talking to people, it still blows my mind to think that you could have something do these things within microseconds. You know, it's kind of a just a fascinating thing. It's very easy to take for granted too. When you say things like a no lag solution, just a you know, it's a lot, a lot. It takes a lot to get there. Yeah, for the uh, for the uh, 1080p output, there is. At the beginning of the image, there is, um, there is, I, if you want to call it a lag, it's um, it's uh, 33 lines. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the image, they are um, they are on the same line. Right. That's. Uh, I think all of the HDMI solutions act like that. I know Kevtris is mm -hmm. high def NES, and I believe uh, Marshall's Ultra HDMI is the same thing. Mm -hmm. But that's not something that could be detected by a human. That's only if you. Uh, no. No. <laughs> maybe if you have, put, have a very fast slow motion camera, but that's. Yes. Um, th that's certainly not something that uh, that you could tell while playing, even if you're a hardcore fighting champion. Mm -hmm. And the lag um, introduced by by a monitor or a TV, I think, is. Uh, much greater than that yeah. <laughs> anyways. Yeah, I think uh, you know, I often talk about lag, but I think it's sometimes misconstrued in that when I say things like two frames of lag, people mm -hmm. think, oh, well, it's only two frames. But yeah, I was just, um, I was playing a few games with a, a professional fighting guy the other day, and uh, he was beating me very badly, but I still was having a really hard time because we were just, just messing around going through an emulator on a, t uh, a monitor that wasn't a zero lag monitor, mm. so that two lag, two frames and two frames is now four frames because two for the yes. emulation, two for that. Mm -hmm. So to have a solution like the Dreamcast with zero lag introduced, or zero, you know, zero perceivable lag introduced at the beginning is a big deal because yeah. you can absolutely notice a few frames without a doubt when you're trying to do these complicated moves, especially mm -hmm. when you're playing against somebody way better than you. <laughs> but, <laughs> Um, so you mentioned 1080p. Uh, what resolutions will this support? It's uh, it's upscaled, also a, it's a line doubled to 960p inside a, um, the 1080p frame. So you have a border around the image, and um, it also supports 960p. But this is not supported by all televisions because it's out of spec. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and even though, parts. even if you did run it at 980p, um, it would stretch it, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be the correct uh, aspect yes, ratio? Yes, the, 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 um, the aspect ratio is correct, but the um, but a 1080p monitor has to uh, scale it. Right, so, so it would either get, be... Yeah, it would either it be stretched or scaled. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
I remember messing with that a little bit on uh, using the OSSC, using the 480p line mm-hmm. doubling, and I got very mixed results on different monitors. So this is cool. You don't have to worry about that at all. It just sends a 1080p image with a, you know, with the 960 in there. Yeah, and the the pixels are doubled, uh, and uh, but they align perfectly with the pixels on the display. So you don't have any any blurring introduced by by scaling. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, what games did you test in development? Do you have a few uh, like favorites that you use for reference? Uh, I try to whole bunch of games. <laughs> I have a USB GD-ROM mm-hmm. and a GDMU also. I tested with both and uh, ran uh, a lot of games. <laughs> For me, whenever I'm testing Super Nintendo, it's always uh, Zelda, A Link to the Past. Um, and with Genesis, it's always Sonic 1 and 2, because I know those games so well. If one thing is just mm-hmm. a hair off, I could tell, just because that's what I've been using to test since day one. So I always ask if people have go-to games just for things to mm-hmm. look for. I used, um, uh, you, uh, used uh, with Dan, we used uh, uh, some games which, are, which have very sharp edges in the video because we had some interference issues with the audio Mm -hmm. uh, and um, and uh, uh, only on those games the problem shows uh, and uh, but okay now it's solved but it uh, showed on on certain games Mm -hmm. such like ready to rumble boxing it has this start screen with very sharp um, colored edges uh, and this, we got crosstalk to the to the I2S lines. Um, now, Dan mentioned that last time I talked to him. Did you figure out uh, what was going on with that? The last thing we had um, was uh, we thought it was inter- some weird interference, but it wasn't. It was basically uh, um, because uh, the uh, we have, don't have an on-screen display yet. Um, you have to plug in um, a cable to con- to set it in VGA mode and the cable then used uh, had a cold solder joint and it was constantly switching between ah. 480p and 480i <laughs> causing uh, very weird re- issues and um, because the uh, the FPGA is constantly monitoring the state of the pin and switching between 480p and 480i the game does this only at start, but uh, the FPGA switches between those two modes and was causing the trouble. <laughs> I, I love stories like this. I can't tell you how many times I've had a problem like that that drove me crazy. And it's so much, it's not fun when it's happening, <laughs> but after it's fixed, it's always fun to look back. So many funny little things like that. And it's, yes, and, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's, I was very happy it wasn't. Uh, a real design problem. It was uh, something like this, something easy to fix, yeah. and not real issue in the in the whole design. <laughs> yes. So, will you plan on selling any of these boards at all, or is this just more of an open source project? For me, it's uh, only open source. I I myself do not plan on selling this. Uh, Dan will do. We work very closely. Mm-hmm. He. He brought me back into this project after I, I did this first prototype. Mm-hmm. Then I then I fixed the um, the VGA versus 480p problem, and then I put it on GitHub. I think 
February 2017. Mm -hmm. And he posted this, uh, I think, on the Schmaps forum. Mm -hmm. And um, then he contacted me uh, a year later. And um, from then we were... Uh, we are um, working on this very closely together. <laughs> very cool. Yeah, it's uh, there are so many great projects that I've seen be, get 80% done, and it, mm -hmm. it always seems to stall at the last bit. And sometimes mm -hmm. life just gets in the way. You don't have time anymore. Yes. Other times, I know some people are notorious mm -hmm. for not finishing projects. I can't tell you how many friends I grew up with that were in bands that were had an album almost recorded and then quit at the end. You know stuff like that. Yeah. But it's good to see a project like this come to fruition because mm -hmm. this is you know like I said before, this is something people really want. Um, yeah. So do you uh, at this point is it in a state where anybody could download the information from GitHub and assemble their own, or are there still some last finishing touches? To um, I think uh, what's missing at the moment is the uh, FlatFlex connector. Then okay. has to put it on GitHub. Okay. But um, and the current uh, board also has the connections for the uh, Maple Bus mm -hmm. to get the controller uh, integration, and then it's possible to display an OSD. I have also implemented the OSD. We use that for debug information. Uh, so it fits, barely fits all <laughs> inside the uh, FPGA RAM. This is uh, this is the critical point. Mm -hmm. So at the moment you have to uh, reflash the firmware to switch between 480p, uh, VGA, 960p, and 1080p modes. Um, but this can be easily done uh, because we have this uh, WIFE ESP. Uh, uh, 8266-based Wi-Fi update solution. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about that? Because that, I think that's awesome and something that I don't even really understand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's it's, it's this, uh, this microcontroller with Wi-Fi, very cheap microcontroller. Um, you can buy it for about two bucks, I think. And um, uh, it connects to the configuration memory of the FPGA and can flash it from there and yes so do you, is this an ad hoc network that you just connect to it or is when you if you if you set it up the first time it creates an um, an access point then you log into the to this uh, Wi-Fi network and then you can configure your own uh, you can configure it so it connects to your uh, Wi-Fi network at home, and then it can download the uh, firmware directly from the from a website I set up, um, wow. where it downloads the firmware and you can flash it. That is very very cool. Yeah. Huh. So at the moment, then it's uh, you don't switch resolutions with the OSD. You switch re switch resolutions over Wi-Fi. Yes, because mm -hmm. you don't we don't have the controller integration finished yet. Okay. Well, if anybody's uh, good at controller integration, definitely check on that GitHub and see what you could do there. But yes, I found uh, some some very interesting projects on the Maple Bus <laughs> for <laughs> FPGAs. I will start from there. So the hardware is um, finished, and uh, if the uh, the Maple Bus integration is there, you can um, upgrade the firmware and get uh, OSD support and. 
Yeah, so that's the thing. You know, it, it's funny because when big companies do things like ship a product with uh, with broken firmware and tell tell the consumers to flash it, I always get frustrated. <laughs> but when hobby projects do that, I'm always excited. <laughs> Great, get the project out the door. Let's try mm-hmm. it out. We'll all help out. You know, we know it's you know as long as the hardware's set, we can update whatever firmware we need. Yeah. So I enjoy stuff like that. Yes, because it's totally 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 usable at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, it's uh, you just have to connect to uh, to the over the Wi-Fi to to the website on the ESP and mm-hmm. reconfigure it. <laughs> so, did I miss any features of this? So, it uh, outputs either 480p, um, line doubled 480p to 960p, but in a in a 1080p window or just straight 960p. Um, is that? Uh, that's the three video modes, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And at this time, whatever is outputting over the analog connection will stay. So if it's 240p, 480i, 480p, that's the yes. exact same, mm-hmm. and it's just still outputting either of the three resolutions on digital. Yes, yes. Um, how does and it handle 480i games, then? 480i is uh, also simple line doubled to 480p. Okay. Mm. Uh, as is uh, 240p, mm. but this will also not work on all um, all uh, TVs, I think, because the um, refresh rate is a little lower. It's about 58 uh, hertz, I think. It's because um, the two, 240p signal has an additional line it's, um, <laughs> in the in the video. So 240p out of the RGB port would still be 480p or 960p out of the HDMI? Yes. Uh, I te- did not test it uh, with 960p or t- the mm-hmm. 1080p mode. Uh, I'm not, at the moment, I'm not really sure if, it, um, if the, um, the buffer is uh, large enough, but I uh, assume it is so if you um, have the VGA firmware uh, 240p is line doubled to 480p okay. you know, and I have, mm-hmm. have also uh, added one to one video mode so you get the 480p out of the um, system maybe someone likes this <laughs> I don't know uh, well I mean I the, the one to one mode is something that I think is very important for the future so right now, you know, having 1080p output of this thing is amazing and exactly what we need. But, you know, 10, 15 years from now when there's 8K TVs, I think it would be much better to have just exact one-to-one digital output and let whatever scale of that time do the, the multiplication for it. Yeah. So, but that is very cool. And it's, you know, it's funny because to me the Dreamcast has many games that would look, in 480p, look right at home on a flat screen TV. Looks like a modern game that could be released today. Mm-hmm. But the Dreamcast also has games that look like some of those amazing 90s fighting games. Yeah. So it's one of those that goes straight down the middle. And the, the fact that you have digital options for you know, all of the resolutions are really helpful and not just 480p. Because, um, you know, especially the fighting games, you're going to find a lot of people are going to be using this to play on monitors, uh, RGB monitors, but stream through their capture card. So it's, okay. uh, it's pretty mm-hmm. exciting. Um, so I think I hit all the, the, the features of it, the, the Wi-Fi, um, dual output, zero lag. Um, 
Uh, have you used, uh, I think I heard you talk a little bit about the GC video project. Uh, now that you've worked on this and now that you have uh, FPGA experience, were there other things that you were experimenting with? Yeah, I, plan I have some plans. Um, one thing is maybe go to uh, other consoles of this generation. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, PS2 or the first Xbox. Oh, wow. Is that even possible to do the same type of uh, parasitic pull the digital signals? Uh, yes, uh, Dan. I talked to Dan about this. and um, um, But it's I didn't do any experimenting yet. It's only an idea and maybe... Mm -hmm. in the future there will be <laughs> options that's yes, pretty uh, cool the, the PS2 has a uh, video deck so you can uh, get the signals that's very yes. cool you know mm -hmm. I um, a lot of people disagree with me on this but I got a backwards compatible PS3 and uh, you know another PS3 Slim and I did a lot of experimentation on what it's like to play PS1 and PS2 games through it because I thought for a lot of people that maybe even have uh, tri-sync monitors hey wouldn't it be cool if you just use a PS3 and uh, it, I was very unhappy with all of the video outputs um, mm -hmm. I don't I just uh, in every scenario it was better Better to go through uh, either a PS1 or a PS2 and an OSSC for mm -hmm. in everything that I tried. So I think yeah. there's a huge, huge amount of PS2 fans out there that would really love something like this. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, we see. <laughs> mm -hmm. But we wanted to finish this project first. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, and some of the work so that we, you were looking on at the the GC video as well uh, was that just kind of poking through the code and uh, seeing. Or mm -hmm. is it, um, yes. Yes. Uh, Dan asked me if I can take a look because there were some issues. I think it's a chroma bug, the, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, um, unseen uh, already confirmed that mm -hmm. it's, it's uh, existing, and um, there was this um, uh, uh, Game Boy uh, adapter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, software. The, the Game Boy <laughs> interface software. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the with the GameCube. Dan sent me one, <laughs> fully <laughs> equipped with everything, but um, I I just read a, uh, read through the code and uh, uh, changed uh, the uh, analog output so it uh, works with uh, with this Game Boy emulator. Can you describe a little bit about what you found? Because I found it a little hard to understand, and some of the screenshots that were posted. Uh, didn't show didn't show a very large difference, whereas mm -hmm. I'd seen in the past other people just choose different pictures to share that looked uh, you could definitely see the difference. Yes, I think the the main problem was that the um, conversion from the YU um, YCBCR signal to RGB there was uh, something wrong, I, but I I haven't figured it out myself this this chroma issue. Okay. And um, uh, in the current firmware, um, the um, the output, uh, the analog output is derived from the RGB signal generated in the FPGA and not taken directly from the YCBCR signal, even if you use um, component mode. Okay, so then it's mm. it's a translation issue then. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's cool, though. It means all the hardware is still perfectly fine. It's yes. just, uh, mm -hmm. all right, it's always good news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I see a bunch of tools in your lab behind you. Uh, some of them look familiar to me and uh, some of them don't. Um, can you kind of talk a little bit about what you use and what your main tools are? And uh, I'm assuming you had to assemble a lot of these boards yourself, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. I have a, a very nice soldering station. Mm-hmm. It's a JBC. I don't know if you know. Mm-hmm. JBC is, a, I think it's a, sp- a Spanish company. And they have, in Europe, they sell... Um, uh, they are usually very, very expensive, but in Europe they sell uh, the model. It's about 270 euros. It's um, it's uh, cheap for a JVC. And yeah. uh, but I love this soldering iron, it had, mm-hmm. and it has uh, very great tips. And then I have a microscope. Uh, it's not an M scope because they are hard to get in Europe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and if you buy one in in the U.S., it's uh, ridiculous uh, shipping costs. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's a Bresser. I, it's a name, Bresser. But it's nice. It has a very very high working distance. Oh, and good. You have basically, 30 centimeter uh, of space. And it's um, yes. Yeah, after seeing Dan's, I feel like I really want a microscope now. <laughs> I need it. I need it. I'm I'm a little bit older and I cannot see without a microscope. And it's uh, for me, it's the same as for Dan. He's I think he's doing everything under under the microscope, and it's the same for me. I do even even through hole stuff with a microscope. Well, if you have the tools, why not yes. use them, right? Yeah. Right. Yes. I mean, some of yes. the stuff that you might have, you must have to solder for these FPGA kits is tiny. So that would be, mm-hmm. I imagine, that's a pretty huge help. Um, yes. And I see you have a hot air rework station. I think you have the same one, yes. same knockoff one that I do. Yeah. <laughs> very cheap, but it's, it's okay. I do not use it very often. I solder, I solder, uh, I also solder the um, the TQFP parts with uh, the iron. Hmm. If you use drag soldering it's easy to solder but it's uh, hard to inspect without a microscope <laughs> yeah absolutely and to align no yes um so do yeah. you have any uh any suggestions or, or tricks for anybody that um that maybe things that you've figured out that uh that you could suggest you know getting a microscope if you're doing sm- uh, soldering to small areas is certainly something i, I recommend now mm-hmm. after seeing you guys yes. but yes i i use um I use a um, solder, it's which is a eutectic. I don't know the if it's the right term. Mm-hmm. It's um, it does not have a, a range where it um, becomes um, liquid. Mm-hmm. Normal solder is uh, normal sixty forty has a um, has a range of temperature where it becomes liquid, and the eutectic solder is um, has a specific point where it gets um, liquid and I always uh, liked these uh, properties but I don't know if you really need it <laughs> so when uh, it, if it doesn't go liquid what happens it makes the um, it makes the connection and then you just wipe off whatever's left no it goes liquid but it's um, it's it's on point it's uh, solid and then on when it's on temperature, it's oh, liquid, okay. instantly liquid. So it's and almost like a don't paste. Get, don't get this mushy in-between state. When you, when you solder with normal solder, you uh, put away the heat. Mm-hmm. Then it uh, becomes, uh, gets a little bit mushy be- 
before it gets solid again. And this you don't have with this eutectic solder. It's, uh, it's um, I think, let me have a look. Yes, it's a mixture of, of uh, it's 62, uh, sorry, I don't know how this metal <laughs> is called in, uh, in English. It's um, what the other thing, uh, if it's not lead, it's... The lead-free solder. Uh, no, uh, lead and the other. 6040 is 40 lead uh, okay. and 60... I'm drawing is, a blank now. <laughs> okay. Say it in German. We have a lot of German watchers. They'll Zin. correct. Zin. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good tip. I want to try that now because um, you know, I'm always looking for ways that I can get a little bit better. So. And it, it, has, uh, it's had, it has a little uh, silver in it. Okay. The, uh, tactic. Yes. Hmm. But, and um, I use, uh, I use a, a flux paste. Not because uh, it uh, really works good, but it's hard to get it off, <laughs> hard to clean. Yeah, yes. I, I imagine so my with them. Um, mm-hmm. Are very messy, I think. <laughs> They're a little bit sticky, but it's okay. Well, you can get the flux cleaner for that, though, right? Yes, yes. But I. Yeah. As long as I it's non conductive, who cares? You know? Yes, yes. And it's no clean, it's okay. And as I'm not doing any installs um, professionally, or it's only for myself, and I can live with a little bit of uh, residue on the board. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, you know, it's completely different when you're making boards in a lab for yourself than if you're, you know, if you're selling hundreds of sticky boards covered in, uh, yes. covered in flux, you know? <laughs> yeah. but. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to try that combination then. Eutactic solder and then the, uh, the flux paste and then uh, see how that works. But. And I have a, a, a wide variety of, um, of tips for the JBC. So I have uh, these. Oh, cannot see. It's basically um, on an angle. And uh, and it's very um, a relatively large area where you put solder, and then you can drag solder with it. Very good. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm still using. I have the Ihua, I think is how you pronounce it, uh, the cheap knockoff, uh, and then you have to unscrew mm. this to switch tips, uh, and mm. you know always end up burning yourself. And it's a uh, yes. yeah. The the JBC you you can uh, you have on the on the um, station you can remove. The tip and put a new on without touching it, so you yeah. can off very often uh, switch between the tips. Yeah, yes. that's. I need to invest in one of those soon because mm-hmm. I'm tired of burning myself and I'm tired of. Yeah. Uh, I'm tired of taking longer to solder something just because I'm using not as good equipment. So, cool. Um, well, I mean, I think we covered the Dreamcast project. I, I loved the the tips and tricks for some of the hardware and uh, the DE10 Nano uh, kit that you recommended. Um, was there anything that I forgot? Uh, anything you wanted to mention that I forgot to bring up? No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, um, uh, thank you so much for for your donations and your work. Uh, everybody, trust me, everybody is really looking forward to this and uh, is very happy and thankful that you did that. So, uh, you know, any other projects you have in the future, I'm sure people will be willing to help out and 
you know, the, just the, thanks so much for, uh, for all this very cool work. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll definitely keep in touch because uh, I'm excited okay. to try out this Dreamcast product. <laughs> all right. Okay. Take care, Christoph. Thank you. Bye.